0: Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the 15th chapter. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. Let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please be seated. grace and peace to you in the name of God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I hope you are all familiar with the story of the prodigal son it's one of the more uh, famous parables in scripture and for good reason the son uh, the, the rich man has two sons and the one asks for his inheritance early which is essentially saying Father, you are dead to me. Give me my money now so I can go my own way. And he takes all this inheritance uh, so unsurreptitiously given to him early. He goes and wastes it all. And then when he is broke, famine uh, takes over the land and there's nothing left. And just like times of recession, I'm sure it was difficult for him to be hired with any sort of good wages in that instance of poverty and famine. And so uh, he hired himself out. And the the parable says that he was sent to work with the pigs. If you know anything about kosher laws and uh, Jewish ritual and um, laws about eating and which animals are good and clean to eat and which animals are bad... For in the Jewish mindset, pigs are like the worst, right? Um, now this is, I, I say this as an Iowan, and we're like the number one hog state, and <laughs> we love pigs in Iowa. <laughs> uh, and actually I think one thing is that my wife appreciates most about Iowan cuisine is we have extra thick pork chops, we call Iowa chops, to die for, right? Um, which is maybe proving to you that I am uh, sincerely a Gentile. (laughs) But things were different in the Jewish mindset, right? To hear that this Jewish son had to hire himself out to feed the pigs, and then to hear beyond that, that he was envious of what the pigs ate, is the ultimate disgrace. That his audience would have known that this was just the lowest of the low that he could be. To go from being a son of an estate where they had servants and inheritance and all this wealth to going and wishing he could eat the pig pods. It's a real fall of grace. But then the son has this mindset, right? He has this idea, right? I know my employment here is bad and leaves me wanting, but I know another employer that I have wronged, but still, if he would just treat me as one of his slaves, he treats his slaves better than I am being treated as a hired man in this land. His father. His father he, he had so severely wronged. So he goes back with this transactional mindset. He goes back to treat his father as an employer. He goes back to treat himself as a hired hand in his father's eyes. He knew the stakes. He knew the errors that he had made. He accepted the consequences of that. He was just simply looking for better employment. Father didn't see his son that way. As he came home, he looked from far off and rejoiced, called his slaves to celebrate this incident. And it proves to us that the only one who treated this relationship as dead and gone was the son. But the father could never do the same. The father could never renounce his child. And the father could only celebrate his return. This son who was once dead to him, who treated him that way, had come to life and returned. It was a moment of great rejoicing. But then we hear the story of the elder brother comes on the scene as there's this big party happening back at the house as he returns from the field. And lo and behold, this son who had done everything right, who had kept the farm running, who had not squandered and Sold out to all the pleasures of this world and the far distant land could offer. His brother, who had done, put in the work, done the time, knew the business right, kept everything going. Who treated his father like he was still his father? He comes home and sees this party for his worthless sibling. Understandably, at least to me, he gets irate. He gets frustrated at how could this son, who is so much less worthy than I am, the one who has put in the time, done the work, earned his place in this household. How can this other son get this party that I've never gotten? But to him, the father says once again, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Now a reason I think I appreciate this parable so much is not only a hard and beautiful truth, the profound love that is captured between the the father and his sons no matter what, but a reason I appreciate this parable, because I believe that there is space and room created here for most most of us, if not all of us, to enter in and identify with this story. Perhaps you see uh, yourself or at least a period in your life where you felt like the son who just needed to get away. He had to go find himself by whatever means necessary. Now, in, this, in the context of this story, leaving home meant that he had to, the only way he could get the funds was taking his inheritance early and doing the hard thing of treating his parents and his father as though he was dead to him. But perhaps you felt that tug that just for whatever reason, you need to go out and find yourself. No matter the cost, you need to wander. In your wandering, perhaps, you relate to the sun in a different way. That as you try to make your way in the world, you've come up short. Things that you thought would be easy and go well for you suddenly turn to famine and recession. And as hard as you work, you still feel like you go hungry and you go lacking. Perhaps you've related to that. And perhaps you uh, at times relate uh, to others in this story. Perhaps you maybe even relate to the slaves of the father's household who have never really known what it's like to have any inheritance to draw on in the first place. To watch all these big things happen between the places you work for in and around. To feel like you are just sort of this side character of what's happening in the world. Perhaps you have that longing, well, well, I want to have the privilege and opportunity to make choices to honor my father or disown him too. But that is not the world that you inhabit, that you are kind of feel pulled along by other circumstances, other deciders, other leaders in the world who do things that you disagree with, but you don't have much say about. Perhaps you've related to the son as he tries to go home. He goes home knowing the stake, knowing the stakes. He goes home knowing the wrongs that he has done. He goes home knowing how hard the conversation will be with his father. He goes home not expecting anything, but just the meagerest of meager. He goes home knowing that the past will always be between him and his father. Perhaps you know what that's like. I suspect as many as not, uh, I guess I'm very aware that I'm preaching to a Lutheran congregation. I feel like we try and raise our children to be self-reliant and get by on their own. I feel like in many ways in our congregations and communities we try and raise our kids to be like the elder brother we try to raise them to stick around and be able to make their own ways and hopefully not spend all our money on (laughs) sex workers and stuff like that right that we raise our children to get by and make good decisions right um and to not fall away. We do what we can and we try and lift that up. And we can perhaps relate to the frustration, the anger when others make bad decisions around us. And we say, why can't they be better? Why can't they do right by themselves? Why can't they do right by the family? Why can't they do right at all? I expect, hopefully, some of you Know what it's like to love as that father loves. To look at others and see no matter the wrong that is out there in the world. No matter how much harm people bring to their families, their households. No matter how much they screw up. No matter how much they harm you. As you can't help but love them anyway. That you know that your love for them, especially your children, is not conditioned. They do not earn it. That love for the son. He can never disqualify or unearn. Wow. (laughs) Anyway. But. I pray, my hope and prayer in this text as we approach this all today is that we can see that God's love for us is the love of the Father. It's the love that can never truly be squandered or thrown away. There's no amount of sin or wrong or mistreatment or any failing or imperfection or brokenness in our lives that will keep God from loving you. That love that God shows to us is not conditioned by our goodness, by our merits, by anything that we earn, or any perfection we can ever aspire to. For God's love is simply that. It is love. It is the love of the Father, the Son who does right by the household. It is God's love, that love of the Father for the Son who does wrong. It is simply that. God is love. And whether you be lost, whether you be found, that love will always be there, waiting to welcome you home. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.RevSethNelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you